Welcome, everyone, to episode 26 of the Dream Team Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jake Schultz, and join with me back on the internet. It's, I guess, not to my left, just on the internet, Zolfi Shake. What's up? What's up? Spencer Kloss. We're back. And Daniel Ramos. Hey, yo. Uh, before we get on to our actual topics, Dan, I kind of just want to circle back to a comment that you've made earlier on the Dream Team podcast this summer from one Mr. Raptors Vision saying, I will quote, and I quote, I will never, ever change this. Stop asking me. <laughs> yeah. This is my name. Yeah. And little do I know, I go on your Twitter and it is no longer Raptors Vision. So I'm going to give you the floor here to just kind of talk about your, what? Like you changed sure, the man. name on us. Sure. Uh, I'm a coward and a fraud. And uh, <laughs> I fell into the trap of everybody telling me I had to change it. You know, all the adults of this world, every time they saw it, you got to change it, Daniel. You got to change it. And, uh, you know, I saw, I mean, you guys saw my story posted by the star and I was like, okay, I want people to see my name on my handle, you know? So I was like, and then, you know, as it was posted, I also like, I got the talk from my dad about it too. He like he Oh no. Not, yeah, that was like that was so random. I'm like, oh my god, even my dad's lecturing me about it now. I'm like, oh my god. I was like, all right, I'm giving in. I'm gonna I'm gonna just uh change it. <clears throat> and uh it was suggested that I just do my name without vowels because everything else I chose was taken and honestly it kinda goes hard. So I'm okay with it. I will be making a burner with Raptors Vision though. Everyone like it's public, it's not like I'm gonna like I just announced that it's a burner, but like I want that handle <laughs> because I think it's a great handle. So I'm gonna make another account just to secure that handle. But uh, Twitter hasn't let me yet. I think it's still like in their system as seen as taken. So once that's done, I'll I'll get that again. What happens now if someone goes back and listens to our old episodes and sees Raptor Vision as in the description? Like I gotta go and change everything now. I already had to change the Twitter bio. So much work, Daniel. I would ask them why they're listening to an episode, <laughs> an old episode. Uh, I will say, Jay, good for you for even thinking that's a problem we have. <laughs> you say that, but I go and I check our views and people are still listening to the first episode of this podcast. I don't know why. It's like probably our worst episode because we're all huddled around the computer and we don't have microphones. But that one has like gone over 150 views. And like every month, there's always one or two people that are still listening to it. And I don't know why. That's weird. Man, evergreen content. We, we put on bangers. Is it evergreen? We Only said LeBron bangers. might retire at the end of the season. <laughs> hey, we, we said might. Everyone, thought, everyone, everyone said might. No we did confirmed. say that. Oh, yeah, Dan, that was when you weren't officially on the pod yet because you were oh, in your yeah. like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. That was the first we'll episode. Oh, it was yeah. the first episode, yes. Oh, yeah. The okay. setup was crazy. It was crazy. Literally huddled around a laptop after class in a abandoned room. And we just were like, what are we going to talk about for 45 minutes? We didn't have a rundown, didn't have anything, just went off the top of our head. It was great. Good quality podcasting that. by us. To uh, be speaking fair, of good. Though, sorry. Everyone did say the audio was really good in that episode. For like a episode that's recorded around a computer. Yes, it is actually surprisingly good. And that's our only review was off that one episode. So if you want to leave us a review on yeah, Apple on. or Spotify, go we for it. More, it can't just be. Reviews. Just can't be Dan Skov the entire time. Like, we need one more person to put out a review. Maybe, Dan, you could do it on your Raptors Vision burner account. That'd be nice. Yeah, because no one knows who I am. So, yeah. It's a good call. Exactly. I'll, I'll get on that. Uh, happy American Thanksgiving, everyone. This is officially basic. We're, like, almost at the end of the year. We're in the, the home stretch now for the Americans for Thanksgiving. It's not our Thanksgiving because, you know, that was a month ago. Do we do Thanksgiving wrong here in Canada? I feel like we do. You know what? I'm starting. I'm really starting to think we do. I did. I never used to. I was like, I was fine with it in October. And like, granted, growing up, my family didn't really do much with Thanksgiving. It was only ever since I started dating Jess that I really get in, into Thanksgiving. But Americans, I think, have it right. After Halloween, you know when Thanksgiving starts. It's like that end of the year push. It's like... The last quarter almost of the year, it's the holiday season that's officially started. Because, you know, like Thanksgiving ends, like Christmas is there. It's on the brain. It's such a nice timeline and jump between the two Black Fridays mixed in there with some shopping. You get some deals so you can have them out of the way for Christmas gifts. I think it makes sense. Americans don't get much right. Don't get me wrong. 
But this might have been one of those things that they've, they've gotten down to science. Commercial like consumerism, they understand it better than anyone else. So a fake holiday where people can spend money to add to their already big one in Christmas, I think, I think they've done it right. I'm going to be honest. They also just get way more time off. Like they do it on a Thursday. You're off the Thursday. Yeah. You're off the Friday. You're off Saturday, Sunday. Us, it's like, yeah, you get the Monday off. And it's Terrible. like, why? And they get football all day too. All day Thursday, you got a game on Friday, and then you got all Sunday. Like it's prime time for sports, for everything, for consumerism. I think we should start lobbying to change this. I'd sign I'm that good. petition so fast. I'm good. You're good. Yeah, I'll pass. Okay, tell us why. why? Nah. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> okay, Jesus. <laughs> no, um, I'm just a big Christmas person. I like Christmas festivities. And uh, yeah, I already have my Christmas tree up, put it up uh, last week. And my friend was roasting me. He goes, oh, man, you got to wait till American Thanksgiving. Da, 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 da. No, why? Why? Yeah, why that's is that your the friend's cutoff? problem. That's not like I Americans' love... problem. Yeah, but why are we going on America's? Do you guys have your Christmas trees up? Yeah, no, not yet. Put it up yesterday. Soon put it up yesterday. Very soon. And you said no. I, it's a regular thing for me that it's usually Remembrance Day is the cutoff. Once Remembrance Day is over, then it's acceptable to put the Christmas tree up. So I like an early Thanksgiving because I feel like Americans, like you said, kind of wait for Thanksgiving and then the Christmas festivities start. I'm always in the Christmas spirit. I love Christmas. It's a, such a fun holiday so i i'm always down to start that early so i don't want to change anything i'm good i'm good thank you spencer yeah i'm uh i gotta make it three one i like black friday i like the thanksgiving okay. now I'm, I'm good man but i am with dan that i i think honestly after halloween go ahead with christmas if you want like i think halloween's actually a better cutoff to be honest like you just after that if you want to go christmas go for it but i'm just a big fan of Black Friday and the Thanksgiving like here because you can get a bunch of deals for Christmas, especially like Zolfi mentioned. So uh, I'm all in. So you're a consumerist is what you're telling everyone. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Okay. Well, why don't we get in the festive spirit by talking about what we would make as NBA players or teams as a Thanksgiving meal? This is a fun idea that was spun around by Spencer and Zolfi. And why not? Let's just get straight into this. So if we were to pick a food, you know, there's a, a whole arrangement of foods that are offered on Thanksgiving. You got the turkey, you got the mashed potatoes, you got the casseroles, you got the cranberries, got the pumpkin pie, the apple pie, the whole nine yards. And we're going to talk about what we would put as our dishes. And we're going to go a little round table here, like we're going around the Thanksgiving di dinner table. And I'm going to start with the top, the cream of the crop. And that is the turkey. And Zulfi, you have the honor of telling us who you picked as your NBA turkey. So let's hear it. Look, I need to give some context behind this first. Like you said, Jake, the turkey, it is the main dish on the table. It is the star of the show. But in many ways over the last couple of years, it's lost a bit of its shine. People don't really look at the turkey as like, it's, it's why we're here. The sides take a bit more shine now. You got your mac and cheese. You got your desserts. You have mashed potatoes all these different things that kind of add to it. And people are like, honestly, I could do without a turkey. Hell, some people don't have a turkey anymore. They have a ham. Like the turkey has lost some of its clout. But I, and I, I've been one of those people too who have kind of gotten over the turkey. But I'm going to put a but here that I think we're taking the turkey for granted. It, like if it's done right and it, it's done well, it withstands the test of time. When turkey is done well, it is really, really good. The hard part is it's just not done well often. Not many people can have that longevity and success of a turkey, which is why the turkey in the NBA is LeBron James. There's nobody like him. He's taken for granted. It's year 21. No one else in year 21 has done it like LeBron. LeBron is that turkey that's cooked perfectly. In year 21, LeBron James, there's been six other guys who have played 21 seasons. In year 21, LeBron is averaging 26 points. That's more than all six other guys combined in year 21. He's putting up career-best numbers in true shooting and field goal percentage. His three-point percentage is his best in his career and best since he won MVP in 2012-2013. He's shooting like 60% in the clutch. This guy is insane right now. There's not enough superlatives to talk about how LeBron is just doing things unthinkable. And oh yeah, only person ever to score 39,000 points. He did that yesterday. Like LeBron James is a turkey. He's the face of the show. He still is, even though it's, it's later in his career and coming into the season. We're talking about he might retire and this is what he's doing? Like LeBron is that guy. Don't take him for granted. Don't take Turkey for granted. When it's done well, when it's done right, it is 
a game changer. It's an all-time classic. It's why Turkey still sits at the, at the main center of the table because it is the showstopper, and that is what LeBron James is. Phenomenal. 10 out of 10. I can't say that any better myself. I am going to say that I am a ham lover, though, and I have gone away from Turkey more recently because ham is just better. It's literally just a better food. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to sit here and have people go, ooh, but you get white meat or you get dark meat. No, you get honey glazed ham and you put it in the oven. It's like 45 minutes and it's delicious. Or you put it in the slow cooker and it just vibes all day long and you're chilling. You don't have to check it all that time. And it always comes out tasting good. I think and that's the thing I, with ham though. Like it always comes out tasting good. So it's easier for people to do, which is part of it as well. You're right. I think I ate on the side of the ham, but ham is like Nikola Jokic, man. It's new. It's the new thing. It's got more tools. It's easier for people to kind of look at and be like, I can relate to that. I can relate to you. I'm a driveway dad. I can take those dink and dunk shots. I, I feel, I feel Jokic. You know, not everyone can be LeBron. Not everyone can be a good turkey. Not everyone can make a good turkey. So I think that's the point. But I agree with you that ham, it, it has its own like uh, fan base and it does do well. I was going to ask you what your ham was. So congratulations on that for thinking at the top of your head. You're, you're killing this. You were made for this segment here. I've been, I've been waiting for this segment, man. Ever since Halloween, see, Americans have it right. After Halloween, I started taking notes for this segment. I've been thinking. You also have to think about the turkey sandwich, too. A week after Thanksgiving's over, everything else has gone bad. The turkey sandwich still slaps. But that's the ham sandwiches. Ham sandwiches are even better. I am a ham guy, but... I Turkey sandwiches, I, I love them. That's the only I won't even eat turkey on Thanksgiving. I'll just eat turkey after on, for sandwiches. I think Spencer's I've, right. Turkey sandwiches might be better. No, there's no way. I also fully have gotten to the point where I just avoid turkey at Thanksgiving dinners now. I just don't even eat it anymore. Yeah, I don't eat turkey at all. I don't eat it at the dinner. I like ham at the, at the actual dinner. Are we all anti-turkey guys on this podcast? Usually there's always one person who's like adamantly defending turkey. And Don't we're all be. just like, yeah. So well, like but like, turkey. is he though? Is he really though? He's saying that he likes ham more. <laughs> yeah. Turkey is the perfect comparison for LeBron though. When we thought, when it I thought is. about this morning, I thought LeBron is like the turkey instantly. So that's, that's perfect. We're taking it for granted. I'm telling you. Everyone tries to write it off. It continues to keep being there at the end of the day. It keeps well, showing. It's old and outdated and it's dry. It's balding. I don't want that, bro. <laughs> Yeah, and it's still Jeez. taking over the league and destroying everybody. Exactly. Turkey's never going to leave the dinner table. Like, you just know it's yes. not. It's never going to leave Thanksgiving or Christmas. It'll always be there. I know, and I'm always so disappointed by that. Every time I see the turkey get placed on the table, I say, this guy again? Oh, my gosh. He's 30. This should be over soon. So, <laughs> are, are, are people not talking enough about LeBron this year? I feel like he is like kind of going under the radar and the Lakers in general are just kind of like, oh, yeah, they're kind of there. And no one's really fully talking about them to the level that you would expect them to be. Do you think there's any reason why that is? I think they haven't shown any of like, are they better than like uh, uh, Denver Nuggets, for example? Like they got to the conference finals last year, but they got swept. So like, has anyone really seen anything from them this season that like makes you think they've taken a leap? Austin Reeves started really bad, so he would have probably been that guy. If he had a really good start to the season, you'd be like, all right, the Lakers have that third piece to go with it. AD was relatively inconsistent to start the season as well. He's really picked it up lately. The Lakers, IST, we'll get to the IST in a bit, but they're 4-0, second team to clinch in the IST. They look insane in this tournament. Granted, LeBron seems to really care about this prize, which is also hilarious. That's another thing about LeBron that's underrated. He's so funny. He's talking about wanting to win 500000 and he's a multi-millionaire, almost billionaire guy. So that just speaks about LeBron's character. And yeah, I just think they're going under the radar because you don't really think you'd want them over the Nuggets in terms of a competition level. But they're still there, and they're still going to probably make some noise come end of season. Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, like... If, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Spencer. You can go ahead, man. No, honestly, I was just going to say, I, I'm i probably not the right guy to answer this question anyways. I was just going to say, I didn't even know LeBron was shooting so well until as Alfie mentioned it so that shows you that how under the radar they're going that's just i have no idea why yeah like literally 81 percent in the restricted area this season that's insane it's number one in the league that's insane that's insane For an and i feel like it's not really talked about like this tweet about him shooting those numbers it only has nine thousand likes that's really not a lot um 
yeah, he's he's definitely gone under under the radar a little bit, but it's like all the points Alfie mentioned. Like the things around him, I think, are the reason for that. Um, but I think people who actually watch ball see what he's doing is really historic. So shout out to that turkey, hundred percent. So we all watch ball except except for Spencer. That's what I'm getting from what you just said there. <sighs> oh, that's yeah, not how I, I, I meant it. Pay numbers. That's not, not how I meant it, Spencer. <laughs> No, I know that's that's just Jake ripping on me, like you know, coming at everyone like a, the savage he is. I'm just ev- Desmond Bain. You know, look at the year he's having, and look at the sadness my fantasy team is having without Desmond Bain. This is all your fault, Spencer. Yeah, the Grizzlies suck, though. That's true. That's Jake. Fair. I have to say, if your fantasy team hinges on Desmond Bain, I don't think you were drafting all that well. <laughs> okay. Okay, no, you know what? No, I'm going to get to it now because this has been bugging me this entire time. And I mentioned in the last podcast, why do none of my guys want to play basketball? Why are every single one of them going, nah, I don't really feel like it right now. Bradley Beal, oh, my little back, my back is so sore. (laughs) This guy will not play a game to save his life. I don't have enough IL spots even put on there. Not like I could pick up anybody, but if I was to put my whole team on the IL spots, they would be because I had seven guys miss games last week. Seven. Seven. Are you kidding me? What are we doing here? No wonder I only have like eight wins. Is that what it is? Like 10? I don't even know at this point. Everyone else has got, oh, you got 18 wins here. Daniel, Mr. I'm in first place. Like I said, it is because I don't lose fantasy. And then there's me all the way at the very bottom because my entire team does not want to be available night in and night out. Grow up. Grow up. Scotty Barnes is the only one who is showing out. God bless him. He's my boy. But oh my God, someone, please, Steph Curry, someone. I can't just be LeBron James and Scotty Barnes. Someone help me out. I don't know, man. You know, it kind of sounds like a skill issue. You know when uh, like the athletes tweet at like just the general public being like, I don't give a damn about your parlay? Yeah, they're tweeting at Jake. That's what's happening right now. I was no, but this, the same thing. this is important, okay? This is fantasy dream team pride. And this is all that I have going for myself, okay? I have nothing else going for me. It's just this. I have talked so much crap on this podcast, whether it be that I can take Michael Porter Jr., which at the rate he's playing right now, I definitely could take him or anything else. Like, I just, I need something to go, but I need a, I need a bone thrown my way, okay? Yeah. I just need a little bone thrown no towards burners, me. Uh, no burners ball. to save this time, eh? Shit, LaMelo Ball. Oh, my God. None of us drafted LaMelo Ball, did we? We looked so stupid for that. Uh, I was thinking that, too. That's really really bad on all of us. Okay, anyways, Thanksgiving dinners. That's what we're talking about. So what else gets through at Thanksgiving? Like mashed potatoes are a pretty good side dish, aren't they, Spencer? Who's the mashed potatoes? They can be. Okay. It can be a really good dish if they're done right, you know? If there's a good, you know, they're creamy, some good butter, maybe some garlic. You know, and then you got gravy, but or you can just have that dry mashed potato, it's just like a smashed up baked potato that's just put on your plate that's just not good. So, and then you don't want to, you know, you want like half a serving of that versus the three servings of the other mashed potatoes. Who could it be? I know Jake didn't want to talk about them. Obviously, the Raptors. It's got to be the Raptors. Sometimes they're so fun to watch and they're just, they get me out of my seat. And I, I love the games. There's, you know, even in the comeback wins where they don't play the greatest, like it's exciting. That was, I knew they weren't going to win this year. That's all I wanted from them was to be exciting. Those games are exciting, but then there's too many other games like against the magic, you know, against the Bucks, where they just, they don't show out. And there's just, you honestly want to turn the game off. Um, you don't want to turn it off too early just in case, but but middle of the fourth quarter, you're just done with it. You know, it's over. You want to turn it off. One serving only. And uh, yeah, they're my mashed potatoes, the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, they recently, it's just become a really slow start for this team whenever they're coming out. Like six of the last eight games, they've gone down 15 points or more. And that's just unheard of at this rate. And it's a little shocking to watch this team do that. But I like the comparison because... Mashed potatoes, like you said, they're either really good or sometimes they're like, oh, like it's it's kind of half-baked and not the, as good as you were expecting them to be. And that's kind of what this team does at points. So that's a good comparison. They, they've made me pretty sad recently watching their games. And it's crazy, like the whiplash coming from one of the best games that they played in the season against Detroit. And like, granted, it's Detroit, okay? Like big asterisks, it is Detroit. They almost beat their franchise record, though. 
and then they come out just looking so flat and so slow against the magic. It's tough to watch sometimes, man. And I'm I'm one of those guys also, side note, that makes bad mashed potatoes. I've tried my entire life. I don't know how to make them creamy. So if anyone knows, send me a recipe or something because, good God, I cannot free ball that to save my life. Start with yeah, butter and cream. <clears throat> that should help. That should help. That's it? No, dude, okay. Do you, do you know what's a game changer? Like Garlic. using like a... Uh, no, like uh, uh, instead of uh, just like mashing them, like use like a, I don't know what it's called, like a potato ricer or whatever, putting it through oh, that. Okay. It, it's almost like a cheese grater, like the, the, the thinner one, put like mash your potatoes through that. It'll make them so much like it'll break down a lot more. And it'll make them way smoother. I'm telling you, it's a game changer. Like a, a ricer, use that. It'll change them altogether. Also, okay. just put some garlic, man. Honestly, Anytime you want to spice, not spice a meal. Anytime you want to add flavor to a meal, garlic and onions, bro. They are the backbone of every single meal, especially garlic. If you ever want the Italian oh, in you coming out, I think it's just the foodie in me coming out. It's like every time there's like a meal, I feel like, oh, I feel like it's missing something. Toss in a little bit of garlic, guarantee there's going to be an extra flavor in there. That you're just like, yeah, we made. I love how I love how Jake was like, how do I make my mashed potatoes creamier? And Dan is like, no, no, no. This white boy needs to know how to flavor his food. Let me tell him how to do that instead. <laughs> Just completely ignore what he was asking about. <laughs> no, you, you can put butter and cream as well, but you also need to add garlic, bro. That's that's the game changer. It really is. It's so when, good. when I had my gum grafting done a month ago, which I did not talk about this on my podcast, but I, I had to do a surgery in my mouth, and it was it was a whole thing. It was not very good. I couldn't eat hard foods for like a week and a half, so I made mashed potatoes, and that was like my main source of protein. It's not protein, but that was my main food that I was eating. And I ran out of cream when I was making the mashed potatoes. And I was like, what do I do here? But I had oat milk. So I put the oat milk in my potatoes. And it was the weirdest tasting thing I've ever had in my life. I do not recommend oat milk on mashed potatoes. Wait, what else did you put with it? I put some salt and some pepper. And I put like a little bit of butter. And then uh, I think I put some water in there too. Oh wow! You just needed more butter. Yeah, I really <laughs> hate that to, water part. And that's back to back week, thing. Jake, where you've mentioned some questionable cooking decisions. I don't know if I trust you in the kitchen anymore. Okay, just because I like to put cheese on a tortilla and put it in the microwave for thirty seconds and eat it does not mean it's questionable. Okay, everyone has those. That, was a, that wasn't our problem with it. It was the fact that you made like the the saddest burrito I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> the beans and. The... That was off podcast. Stop exposing me. We're not supposed to be talking about that on the pod. Do you not like beans? Beans are great. They're so like. No, I like beans. You just really like beans. (laughs) (laughs) I've been eating whole packages of beans recently. It's really bad. I I believe that. I absolutely believe that. I'm so glad we're virtual then and we're not in the same room together. Anyways. Anyone else have any more Toronto Raptors stuff to say, or should we? Well, apparently uh, the Raptors have too much water and um, oh, okay. oatmeal and not enough garlic. Is it just going to become that... everyone roasting my food choices at this point? Yeah, like to that point, like like if you have crappy mashed potatoes and you try mixing them and like your fork gets stuck, like because you can't properly mix them, that's how you know you have bad mashed potatoes. And that's this Toronto Raptors team. They're stuck in the mud. Like they are in like, a middle spot and Esperahani, who was obviously been on the pod before, he mentioned this like going into this week. It's going to be a good barometer. You're facing a lot of teams that are going to be middle of the pack. You have the Bulls, you have the Pacers, you have the Magic, who they just played, and uh, I believe they have the Cavs later on too, and the Nets next week. And these are all teams who are more or less middle of the pack. And where do the Raptors fall in line with them? One game in, the Raptors do not look like they can compete against this middle pack. So they look like they're stuck a step below them, and where where does that leave you? You're not you're not going to be bad enough probably to keep your pick. So you're not going to have any assets going into the offseason, and then you're probably not going to be good enough to compete for anything. So you really are stuck in the mud, and that's what I'm getting here. Again, we don't want to overreact; it's early on, but they're 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 forks stuck in that mashed potatoes right now. They're not really moving anywhere. So you really hope they can start getting something together. Maybe what Spencer and Daniel said. Get some butter, get some cream in there. Maybe that's a, a buddy healed. Maybe that's a different player that they go and get out in, in a, out of a trade or something. They got to add something to this recipe that's clearly not mixing well right now. So I think we have to all keep our eyes on the next two months are going to be huge. That's like I don't want to make any predictions, but I will say the next two months are massive for Raptors land for either the short term and the long term based on what Masai and Bobby do or don't do. 
So that's where my eyes and ears are going to be at. What are they going to do in these next two months? It's a good way of putting it. Let's move on to another dish. And I am in charge of this one. And this also could be very polarizing because I know there's a lot of people that either love this thing or hate this thing. And that's the cranberries. You know, whenever you have your turkey and everyone is just passing around the dishes and they're going, oh, do you want this in a nice little big dish? And it's just these things that are red and they're looking at you and they're sometimes slimy. And you're just like, do I really want this? And you look at it and you're like, well, it looks kind of sweet. And then when you put it on your table, you put it on your your plate and you're eating your food and it's still sitting there because you haven't touched it yet because you're so unsure of it. And the second you take that bite out of those cranberries, you're like, oh, it's kind of, oh my God, that is very tart and very gross. At least that's how I do it when I do it. You know what that team is, everybody? That's the Detroit Pistons. You know, on paper, they look okay. And you're like, sometimes they have a little bit of sweet to them. Got the Cade Cunningham. Got Duran. Got Monty Williams. And then you have a bite of it. You have a little taste of it. And oh my God, it is just really, really not good. Not sitting well with you. You know how many games this team has won since February 12th, 2023? My birthday also, shout out. Four, four games. They are four and 36 since that time. They are 27th in the league at points. They are really, really bad just overall. They are terrible at shooting the three, just 10 threes a game. Their free throws, at least they're there. They got, you know, (laughs) sixth in the league there, but they just look lost every single time they're out there. They are not connecting at all. Kate Cunningham is putting his hands on his face, crying basically on the sideline saying, someone please help me get me off of this team. And Zolfi and I talked about this on the mystery podcast. We were like, they might be better than we're expecting them to be because they have a lot of good young pieces. Like they're not like this abomination of a roster when you look at them on paper, but then when you actually get into it more and you see them play and you see them gel, that something just doesn't work. And it's crazy when you look at the magic and you look at the Pacers and you look at all these other teams that have done these rebuilds over time. And it feels like the Pistons have been in that situation, that scenario for so long with them, but they are still not coming out on the other side of that rebuild. They're still in the thick of being bad over and over and over again. And that's the cranberries. Every time I look at them and I take a bit, I'm like, take that away from me. I I don't want that. So yeah, the Detroit Pistons. Yucky. Anyone like cranberries here? Nope. I kind of do. I'm not going to lie. So you like the Pistons? Uh, not exactly. I'll, I'll say this. I'll just stick with your cranberry analogy. You keep going back to it. You, you, it's all, again, it's like the turkey. It's going to be on the plate. It's going to be there. It's going to be offered. You keep going back to it and it usually will disappoint you nine times out of 10. That is the destroy pistons. They will add a random different young piece that has potential. You think maybe that can add to this young core. They did that with Marvin Bagley. Didn't really work. Disappointed you. You did that with James Wiseman. They picked him up. Okay, maybe he can be our young center or a young piece to add to this. Didn't really work. Then they try, like, you see Killian Hayes. We're going to put him in there instead. Doesn't really work. And now you have all these young pieces who technically have potential individually. Like I said, they even added Marcus Astor in the draft, who looks kind of awesome, to be honest. He's a really good piece from that. He's a great shooter as a rookie. But they haven't been able to put it together. And this destroyed Pistons is the perfect example of what happens when you try to rebuild and it doesn't work out. We have all these examples of it working out more or less with the Pacers, with the Thunder, with a, with the Magic even kind of recently. And that has the Raptors fans go back to Raptors being like, blow it up, let's try, let's rebuild. And I'm kind of leaning that direction too. But look at the Pistons as an example or a lesson of this is what happens if it doesn't work well. And this is a risk of rebuilding because the Pistons are riddled with lottery picks, not just first round picks, lottery picks, high lottery picks. They have a first round pick in Cade who looks decent, not efficient, but he still can put up the numbers. But everything else around him are high lottery picks, and they've gotten nothing to show for it. No development, no growth. All they did was really pay Monty Williams to come here to be a voice for these guys, and it hasn't left them much this season. So, they're again, going back to the they're the cranberries. They're going to add a young piece. They're going to try to do something around the fringes. But until they develop a winning culture, which is the hardest part of a rebuild, they're not going to accomplish much. A lot of teams can tank and get picks and pick and draft players. 
tons of teams can do that. It's step two, which is building good habits, building a winning culture. That's the hard part of a rebuild. And for any team that's thinking of doing it, you really have to think long and hard about this part of it. Can you develop that winning culture? Because Detroit hasn't. Kate Cunningham said it. You know how there's a phrase when you guys, when people are going through a rough patch, like, don't worry about it. We're good. We're good. We'll figure it out. He's like, no, 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 we're not good. We're bad. The Pistons are just bad. Kate Cunningham is saying that about his own team. So he's down in the dumps. He doesn't know what to do with this team. He doesn't know what to feel. And that should be all the Pistons fans right now until they develop a winning culture. Bravo. Wow. I'm going to stand up and clap for that. What a, what a, what a speech. I will follow Incredible. you to the ends of the earth. Wow. Um, no, I completely agree. Uh, they're just like, that's the thing with rebuilds. It's like, you have to get them right or else this is what happens. And that's the thing that is scary about like really committing to the rebuild on the Raptors end. Cause like, I mean, Masai, I think is, and Bobby and the organization as a whole, have been pretty good with, you know, finding talent and uh, developing it. So I, I wouldn't be too worried, but they have had some misses in the draft, which happens to every front office. No one's perfect, obviously. Um, but that is the scary thing is like, you may trade away, if you trade away like an OG, let's say, aren't you just trying to draft another player to end up like OG? Like that's that's the scary part of a rebuilding because then they might not turn it to them or a Pascal or you lost Fred, but like, or a Fred, like, you know, you're always trying to replicate the development that you had of these other successful stories. And if that doesn't happen, then what happens to your rebuild? It just fails. So also on the topic of Cranberry, are we talking only in context of Thanksgiving? Yeah, Cranberry sauce. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Because I don't mind cranberry juice. That uh, Something about cranberry juice, it's it's not that bad. Cranberry juice strong. is good. It's a little yeah. strong sometimes, but I like it. Uh, yeah, no. We're, we're talking the, the, the gross sauce that is just out there, and everyone's just like, I don't, I don't want to touch yeah, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I just see it plop out of a can like a like a jelly, and I'm good. I'm going to pass. The, the thing that's lost out, with, with the Pistons, too, is just, like – they haven't won in a while, like, and they're still trying. Like, everyone that's like, oh, doom and gloom about the Raptors, like, oh, how dare they? This has been like four years, and they won a championship since then. Like, there should be some leeway here. Like, just be thankful that they're not the Pistons and that they're not this garbage that you see at the table and you don't want to pick up and you don't want to be the Pistons. And I'm very thankful that I don't have to wake up and not be the Detroit Pistons because they're in an awful position. And I feel really bad for their fans because since. Blake Griffin left. It has just been nothing. It's been nothing for them. And they have their bright spots come in. Osar Thompson as well has looked really good. But it's not enough. It's not enough to carry this culture that is clearly lost and has been lost for a long time now. And it's sad to watch because their fans, Detroit fans are really fun. They deserve it. I'm happy they're having a resurgence with the Detroit Lions and the Detroit Red Wings. Both are looking very good this year. But the Pistons are just stuck in this monotonous cycle. And it sucks to watch because there is talent and we want that to be good, but it's just, it's not happening. So I, I feel bad for Pistons fans and Raptors fans. Just be thankful that you're not the Pistons. Okay. Okay. There, you can be in the middle ground sometimes. It's okay. It's all right. Yeah. Just I'm, chill. I'm super happy to be oat milk mashed potatoes. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> to, to that point, um, I, when the Raptors played the Pistons the other night, uh, my girlfriend said to me, she's like, oh, don't they suck though? And I'm like, yeah, but like the Raptors struggle against the Wizards and the Wizards are worse. And then I started looking at the records. And I was like, actually, they're not worse. <laughs> like, they, they, the Pistons should be like, I like their talent. I like where they're going. But like, even at this point, they should be winning more games. It's, it's tough. That's just because the Wizards have friend of the podcast, Daniel Gafford on it. So, of course, that they're going to be better, right? Yeah. Sure. yeah, exactly. How do we end out Thanksgiving dinner, Daniel? With dessert. So, okay. I would like to start mine off with some context and say that I absolutely love pumpkin pie. I think pumpkin pie is one of the greatest creations of humankind ever. It is so good. So much so that I have requested on multiple birthdays to have pumpkin pie as my cake. Yeah. Really? You guys, I swear to God, you can, you can ask my mom for the pictures. There have been, I think on two or three birthdays, Throughout my life, I have <laughs> Zolfi looks stressed about this, man. Wait, wait, no. When is your birthday? I need to clarify. October 23rd. It's during the season. Okay, then, then you're good. Then you're good. I'll get to my point yeah. why after, but you're good. <laughs> well, I've requested on multiple occasions because I think pumpkin pie is so delicious. It's so good. And it's so underrated because I feel like majority of people go, oh, I'm, I'm all right. Pumpkin pie, it's not that good. My girlfriend hates it. 
A lot of my family members don't really like it. They still had it on my birthday, though. Didn't have a choice. You guys, how do you guys feel about pumpkin pie? Tell me how you feel. Pumpkin pie is great. I'm celebrating American Thanksgiving with my girlfriend tomorrow because she's also American. So I get to have more really? pumpkin pie. It's fantastic. Yeah, I get the best okay. of both worlds. There we go. One for pumpkin pie. Sorry, two, including me. What about you guys? Um, for me, I just don't like pie that much, but I love like pumpkin cheesecake. But like okay. I, I do, I'll eat pumpkin pie. Like I'm really, I'll eat it for sure. I do like it, but I don't think I've ever had pumpkin slash. cheesecake. Well, should, I'll, I'll take that as a it. win. Really I'll take that as a win. What about you, Zolfi? I'm, I'm kind of the Spencer boat where like pumpkin pie is probably one of the only pies I like, but I really do like it. I think pumpkin pie is underrated. I'm with you. I like it. I did say this off the pod though, that like I'll have like, during the festive season, I'm like all in on it, but I just don't think about it any other time of the year. That's the problem. Like you just don't think in like June to be like, Hey, I'm going to go get a pumpkin pie. But like when you're here in October and beyond, that's why I asked your birthday, your birthday's in October. It's the season. Totally fair. Happy yeah, pumpkin that's pie fine. for your birthday. So I- I'm all for pumpkin pie. I just think it's something you just don't think about outside, but maybe we should, maybe we should make pumpkin pie a year round thing. I don't know. You know the Dairy Queen Blizzard that they bring out every once in a while? Could you imagine eating that in, like, July? It's just already way too sweet as it is, and you're just like, eh. I I think it's a very seasonal. Like, it's very synonymous with fall. I don't think you should mess with that. Like, apple pie is great. You can have apple pie all year long. Pumpkin pie is just very of the time. That Thank you. There you go. Okay, I needed that. I needed that, Jake. See, everyone, apple pie, love apple pie. It's the best. I can have it whenever I want. Pumpkin pie, it's like... I don't know. I'm not really sold on it yet. I do I do like it. Like, do I? But yeah, you know, it's not really fully sold. This podcast didn't really help sell my point because all three of you apparently like pumpkin pie. But, you know, <laughs> I feel like I speak to most when I speak to most people, they're like, eh, you know, don't really care for pumpkin pie, you know, this and that. So I feel like it goes a little underappreciated, you know, and I feel like very close to home. There is a player on the Raptors who goes underappreciated a lot by casual fans. Uh, you know, he's been all NBA twice in the last four years. In the years he was an All-NBA, he was an All-Star. He's a champion. He's a G League champion. Uh, he's probably one of the most proven number twos in the league. Uh, I don't know what else to say. He's a great player, Pascal Siakam. Uh, if you're listening to this and you don't like p- pumpkin pie and you also don't like Pascal Siakam, you're going to be like, yeah, see? But no, this is coming from the context that pumpkin pie is delicious and a really good underrated dessert especially heated up or homemade with whipped cream. So Pascal Siakam is pumpkin pie. He's my pumpkin pie. <laughs> Who's the whipped cream then? Uh, Yaka Pertle. <laughs> okay. Even though their numbers aren't great so far this year together. <laughs> yeah, no, so, yeah, so, so whipped cream gets in the way of pumpkin pie is what you're saying? Oh. <laughs> oh. Nice, nice. No, I'm just playing. No. Uh, I don't know. Who the, I guess it'd be like Scotty or maybe Fred because I, I like their two-man game when they were playing together. But uh, no, yeah, I just think Pascal goes underappreciated. And oftentimes when I'm having conversations with people who like basketball, my litmus, litmus test of their ball knowledge is what they think of Pascal. You know, I'm not, tell, I'm not expecting them to be like, oh my gosh, he's the best player of all time. But I, I do expect them to have some knowledge to appreciate his game because he is a really good player. And I feel like oftentimes from you know, little Twitter kids or whatever, the casual fan, uh, they're just like, oh, he's a choker. He's not clutch. And they just always boil it down to he's not clutch. He's not this, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I just feel like there's a lot more to the game than just some, like if someone is clutch or not. Uh, and Pascal has been an amazing player over the past four years. And he's also a homegrown talent. And I don't think that should go uh, unnoticed. That's a really cool thing to do. Uh, and also kind of relates to the rebuild talk that we had. Um, but yeah, Pascal Siakam, pumpkin pie. I kind of want to echo some sentiments here of kind of what I was talking about of like, oh, do you really want this in July and something? But at the same time, you don't know what you have until it's gone. And that's basically Pascal Siakam. You have all these people, oh, trade him, trade him away, like this, that, that. Like, how often do you get homegrown talent that you've developed yourself that is all NBA talent, has proven it before, is a champion, and sometimes you just want to ship him off? It's like kind of what Sean Woodley said last week on our podcast. Like you don't get these guys often. You don't find top 25 players. They don't grow on trees often to have your own. Like it's like the pumpkin pie. Like it's very much of the time. Like you kind of will miss it when it's gone. And I feel like if the Raptors were to trade Siak, we're getting into hypotheticals again. If, if the front office decides that this is the direction they want to go, like 
who knows? Like we all could very much be ended up missing Pascal if the trade happens and something goes sideways. We, if we had a fortune ball to look into the mirror, the future to tell everyone, like we would. But I think that goes very well with that as well. I, th- I think uh, to continue your analogy, Jake and Dan, uh, you Jake, you asked Dan like, who's the whipped cream then? But that's the point. There isn't a whipped cream to the pumpkin pie. This roster isn't built around Pascal, and ironically, it's also not built around Scotty. And I, I keep being the guy who's complaining about things that are wrong with the Raptors, but it's just one of those things where, like, you have pumpkin pie. You, it, it, appreciate it. Build around it. Bring, build, bring in a whipped cream to go with that pumpkin pie. And they have it because uh, uh, this roster is just a bunch of different pieces right now that just don't mesh together. And uh, for all the talks about, like, blow it up, move on from Pascal, this team probably could look really, really good if it was built around its strengths. It, it just isn't yet. And, uh, again, going back to Esper Annie, he tweeted this today where, like, it's really hard to be a successful team if, one, you're not built around your current strengths, and, two, you're trying to change your team philosophically without changing the, the, the roster. So, like, you can't have a different, like, offense or a different style with the same pieces. You just It doesn't play to their strengths. You know what I mean? So it's either change the roster or change the, the play style. And who knows which one this Raptors team does. We don't know. We can speculate that later. But, yeah, you need, you need some whipped cream for this pumpkin pie, and it's not on this current team. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And that's been a thing for the whole time that they, you know, handed the keys to Pascal. They've never actually built a team around Pascal that suits him. And whether or not you agree with that is up to you. But like, to be fair to him, and even though I'm kind of on the side of trading him at this point, because I just don't think he should be in a situation where he's not actually like being utilized fully uh, by the whole organization as a whole, I guess. Uh, If you're not fully... I'm I'm losing my thoughts again. If you're not fully like committed to this player, then it just doesn't make sense to keep them. And they've never had that. Like I feel like I've never seen the full commitment from front office to Pascal. And he has a lot of value. And if you have full commitment to Scotty, it actually seems like they do have full commitment to Scotty. So if you like you said, build an actual team around a player instead of just having all these pieces together that you think are just good, build an actual team. You know that that suit the needs of your strengths. That's just I don't know. That's another topic as well, but yeah. Well, you seem to speak to that the other night or the other night, I guess it was last week now against the Celtics. Um, Pascal was cooking. Like when he went in the post, like he literally was just getting free layups like every time. And like, forget about like not playing him in the second quarter. Cause that's just like a coaching decision, like fine, whatever. But in the fourth quarter, when they needed points, like they just stopped going to him. And it was like, I didn't understand it at all. Like he was literally like every time you'd spin off that like block in the post, you just have a free layup and it happened so many times in a row. It goes back to the whole philosophical thing, right? So that end of the Celtics game in the last minute 30, they had five offensive possessions. Pascal didn't touch the ball in those possessions other than inbounding it may probably because, and I'm speculating completely their philosophy is move the ball, get open looks. And that's what they, uh, Darko ended up resorting back to. He's like, I, this is how we want to play in these situations. And granted, that's not a bad idea, but you need to have the roster to do it. So when you don't have that yeah. and you clearly have a guy cooking and the strength is, Hey, go to Pascal in the post a million times because he said a post game and the numbers back it, he's either going to score or make an offensive decision quickly to attack, or he's going to make the read on the double and make a pass out to somebody. Like it, it's really simple. Like when it comes to that and, I, ironically it's also really simple to build around that you bring in shooters you bring in like one other big who can do the dirty work inside and you probably have a pretty good roster easier said than done obviously changing a whole roster for that but the, the the recipe is simple and then you're seeing the philosophical like changes that they want pushing against that recipe and then that's where you're getting this middle ground where they can't really seem to get out of before we move on to our next segment here i kind of want to close off our thanksgiving chat just with the Pascal Siakam talk with what he said after the Celtics win because I thought it was really interesting and there was a lot of discourse about it online as well. He said this after the in-season tournament loss to the Celtics. He said, I'm one of the best at my position there. Either you help me or we get a good shot most of the time and when you help, we still get a good shot because I'm going to make the right play. I think that goes into what every single one of us was just saying is that this guy is good and he is so good at what he does and is he lying? Like, no, I don't think he is. He's absolutely right at what he is he's one of the best power forwards in the league like it is what it is he's one of the best guys on the team and for him to come out and say that after the Celtics game when he was not getting the ball possession says a lot I think and it was kind of like a a message to this team 
and to everyone that like, hey, I, like I'm the guy. Like, don't forget that I've been that guy. So I, I just wanted to highlight that kind of as the end of that point. There, good analogies, everyone. That was that was a really good look at all of us. We we're so good with them. We're so smart at all this. We're so creative. We're so creative. You know what else has been very creative? The in season tournament. Why don't we go through a little recap of last night, shall we? And once again, the in-season tournament had no shortage of entertainments in its games. We had an overtime victory for the Cleveland Cavaliers over the 76ers, who have suddenly been kind of spurting their wheels just a little bit. We had a reunion game of sorts with DeAndre Ayton going back as a revenge game against the Suns. We had the Lakers destroying the Jazz. It had the Raptors game as well. And then we had the 157-152 game between the Pacers and the Hawks. All offense, no defense. I'm going to start there because I have been the not hater of the Pacers. I've just been the guy that has been kind of not believing it. And I still do not believe in the defense of this team because what the hell is that? How are you giving up 152 points? That is insane when you're just going back and forth. But that offense is insane to watch like it is genuinely one of the most the the biggest whiplash feeling i get is from watching the raptors play and then turn in watching the pacers play just how fun and free they play on offense tyrese halliburton is a dog 26 points in the third quarter is absolutely insane on like nearly perfect shooting as well they're just an insanely fun team to watch and I'm excited to watch them play against the Raptors, and I kind of want to give them their flowers. No defense at all in that game. Literally none. No, Not a single ounce of defense. Trey Young was getting burned. He's like, all right, I don't care. I'm just going to keep chucking up every single shot. It was just a vibe of a game. The over-under was set of like 250. It was one of the biggest over-unders ever set in an NBA game, and they smashed it by like over the game 300 points. It was an insane game. So I think that's so far been my game of the tournament i just kind of want to get your guys's thoughts like how are we feeling about the end season tournament as we continue to go on because this is obviously a contention point in the league is how everyone's feeling about this tournament are we are we all there now are we all saying that this is it this has been really good for the league because i certainly am yeah 100 percent. i can i can get to my thoughts in a quick second here but jay saying you're not a, a hater on the pacers and then being like well what about the defense they scored 157 <laughs> points man this offense is insane it's unstoppable i don't care about defense i don't care about defense like it's the new nba i don't care let them score 160 points every night and literally just go on track meets with everybody they don't they, they don't need an all-star game change this year just have the whatever team just play the pacers the, the, the all-star games in indiana just make a make a team of all-stars play against the indiana pacers it'll be more entertaining than wherever the all-star game actually is like, i saw I, that I on twitter that. too I, yeah. I i think that is a genuinely a hilarious idea it would be so funny just have 12 of the best guys you could think of and be like, go get them yeah and i think it might actually be a good game because the pacers are just that funny to play against and uh you said tyrese halliburton's a dog no matter what decision you make on him, it's a wrong decision. You double him, he's making a, a great pass to somebody and getting an easy point. You're not doubling him, he's chucking threes from deep with his crazy form and still making them. He's insane. But for the in-season tournament, uh, it's been a lot of fun. There's been a lot to take from it. I do think with it coming towards the end of it and like moving on to the knockout stages, you're going to have more people wanting to be creative and think of new ways to improve it. And I'm curious if you guys have any ideas. The one thing I really want to see is expand this from eight teams to 16. The reason why is... Uh, you play like if you lose like two games, you're basically out. The Raptors, for example, mathematically they are basically eliminated. And sorry, mathematically they're not eliminated, but basically they are. They, they're like they, as they, close they, as you can get to be eliminated. Yeah, the the best they can do is two and two, and that would be for second in their group because they're in the group of the Celtics, who I believe are three and zero, who are probably going to finish four and zero. So they would go down to point differential. The point differential sucks, and that would be just for a wild card because only the top team in every group advances. So you basically have four teams who are like earned their way in. And then you're going to have four teams who make it in, which is going to come down to random math and numbers, which who, who really cares about, especially if this tournament is to attract the casual fans. For nerds. a casual fan in, yeah, for, it's for, literally stuff. for the nerds. Casual fans in Cleveland who may not get in because their point differential isn't good enough because they only beat Philly by three and not 30. Like, they're going to be like, what the hell? Why isn't Cleveland playing in it? I just saw them win a game. You know what I mean? So 
it, I don't want it to come down to home and away wins and losses or point differential. And the point differential is fun because teams are blowing each other out now and they're still trying to run up the score because of point differential. So that part is cool. But expand it to 16 teams. Get a couple more teams in this tournament. The more teams, the better, is my opinion. Because eight teams really isn't a lot. And I get it's part of the schedule. And it's going to go quick for this like one week in Vegas thing. But having more teams in Vegas is more teams caring. And also... Think about this. The Raptors are going to have, like, what, two home games total in this in-season tournament? So they, like, all 32 teams or 30 teams or whatever got, like, a whole new court for two games? That seems like an insane waste of resources in my mind, too. Get more get more games involved in this. Make those courts worthwhile. I don't know. Obviously, the NBA has billions of dollars, but that seemed like a huge waste of money and resources for two games per team, basically. So those are my thoughts. Expand it. I don't know what you guys think. I agree. I think you should up the games because why not? get more revenue in and why not get more teams in and just make it more of an event. And this is going to pair off to what I think is that you should take these games separately away from the turn. Like I know that they count as a regular season game, but why not remove that? Why not make that a completely separate thing? Like make this feel that much more special because then if it's just like a regular season, like the Raptors are going to play the bulls on Friday now. And it's just basically a regular season game for both of them because both are basically out why not just turn it away and like combine everything together and make that its own separate entity? I think it will go so much better and so it add to a novelty of the in-season tournament. And I, I would personally would rather would see that. And it also would help some of these guys out being like, oh, the season's too long. Okay, well then make these separate. Do a little bit of a break in between there. Like have just an in-season tournament stretch. Like just do that. You see it all the time with in Europe, they have the international break. Why not have it like this? Why not have this be a two, three-week event culminating in the finals and everyone has a break there? Or why not replace that as the all-star game? Like, There's so many different options that they can do with the in-season tournament that I think that's what's kind of fun about this is that this is the inaugural year and there's still so much that can do. And then if this is what the quality that we're seeing off of just this original tournament, four games that leads to Vegas, there's so many more different avenues that the NBA can go with this. And I think that's ultimately a positive thing. And I feel like a clown for hating all this <laughs> in the summertime. Yeah. We did just say though, that like the guys have to play and care and like they play and care. So ultimately that's all us as like a podcast. Like Dan was always optimistic. So shout out to him. And I guess Dolphy was also kind of almost there as me and Jake mostly like they have to really care for us, us to care. And it seems like they do. So yeah, I'm sorry, Dan. Win so far. That was like the one and only time that we were getting like heated at each other. I'm sorry, I take it back. I was wrong. Apology accepted, guys. It's I knew it was going to be amazing. Well, we're not there yet. We're not at the finish line yet. But I'm glad it's working out. I just I couldn't see them not competing. They're professional athletes. Like you don't get to that level without being kind of insane with competition. You have to be an ultra competitive person to make it that far. So I don't think how small the competition is. They will all try, and we've seen it. Like, so many games have gone down to the wire. Like, like you mentioned, there's overtime last night. Uh, just, like, so many great games. Like, it's just, yeah, it's been awesome. And, like, Stars has been shown out. And like Zolfi mentioned last podcast, like, Tyrese Halliburton says this is, like, the first trophy he's actually competing for since being in the league. That's a really big deal for a lot of people. Um so yeah, I'm loving it. I'm having a lot of fun and I'm glad that it's working out. I don't really have a lot of ideas right now as to how it can improve. Um, but I did like Sean Woodley's uh, idea last week of like using this as a reason to cut down the regular season because you can make a lot more revenue from this tournament. Um, that's the only thing that I've really been like thinking about in terms of like changing the in-season tournament. Uh, because like if you can make at the end of the day, they're going to be like, well, why don't we just make more money instead of matching our money? But like, uh, if you had the opportunity to shorten the regular season because of this in-season tournament, that would be really fire. And I think they should do that. So I'm loving it, though. I'm really glad it's working out. So let's see. Let's see. How, I'm really excited for when the finals come out. Uh, it's going to be so sick. Well, once we get all the qualifiers in there, once we see everything, we're a thousand percent making a bracket. It's happening. Uh, I'm yep. announcing this right now. I, we have not gone over this at all. We're doing it. We're making a bracket, and we're going to put some stakes on there too. What the stakes are, I don't know yet, but we'll figure it out. Uh, is there any games that you have your eyes on, Zolfi, that are going to be happening within the next couple days? Because there's only two more days left of the in-season tournaments, if I am correct. There's just the Friday and the Tuesday left. I'm going to start with one, and I think which possibly could be like a semifinals matchup is the Timberwolves and the Thunder. 
they play on the Tuesday, which is the final day of the in-season tournament. Could be a little bit of a preview matchup there. If everyone's healthy and playing in that one, could be fun. Those are two potential in-season tournament winners. That's the game I'm going to highlight. Does anyone else have any other games they'd like to highlight? Uh, no. I think, uh, <laughs> I think a, I just, yeah, like a lot of them, like again, because the, this is the part where the in-season tournament has a bit of an issue where like a lot of this does feel decided, basically. Like again, the, the Pacers, they were the first team I picked team the one that wasn't decided yet. Yeah. <laughs> The Pacers were the first team to clinch, and they didn't even go four and zero like the Lakers did. They were just because of the teams that they played and the way the schedule was. They were three and zero, and they clinched their group. So I think that's a problem. A lot of these feel decided for just a fun game, no matter what. Nuggets Rockets. I'm just gonna go with that because obviously you have the very veteran, the reigning champion Nuggets, and the Rockets team that has just surprised everyone. I keep bringing them back up because I love bringing up Alper and Shangun. I think he's gonna be awesome. He's like, I don't think he's going to be an all-star this year, but he's basically knocking on the door, and he's going to he's gonna get there in a couple of years, I think. So I think, yeah, a fun young team. And Alperin Shangun and the Rockets team have been giving it, giving it to every team. They haven't beaten teams that much, but they gave it to the Suns. They gave it to the Lakers. And I'm sure they'll put a good fight up against uh, the Nuggets as well. So I'll, I'll go with the Nuggets-Rockets game. I think that can be entertaining. Anyone else? I was actually uh, looking at the same game as you, Jake. The Thunder Wolves look super fun. Uh, I love a matchup of Shea versus Ant Man. That's did not mean to say Ant Man there, but yeah, that uh, Ant Man's <laughs> that, that that's a super fun uh, matchup. So you know, I'm excited for that. Uh, on Friday, Miami New York might have some decent stakes for the group. I know they're both still floating around, uh, and they both have a chance to win their group. So that could be a good one. I don't know if it's gonna be the best game in the world, but both teams might be pretty hungry there. Playoff throw- rematch. I'll throw another playoff rematch out there. Bucks and Heat on the last Tuesday. Got Damian Lillard in town. You can see how the crowd reacts to that one. It will be in Miami, so that one could be a fun one. I just overall, the in-season tournament's fun, man. It's a fun thing to put your head around, and it's exciting to see what will happen in the future. How are you guys feeling? Feeling good here? Feeling a good place feel to great. stop? Feel, feel great. Yeah, we're but- about a quarter of the way through the NBA season. Take that in. It's crazy. It's been moving fast. Insanity. We're almost at Christmas time. We're going to have to do a Christmas special, too. Yeah, we are. Well, you got to have some thoughts about Christmas. Dan? Start cooking up some ideas, boys. Yep. As long as Jake isn't cooking up any food, uh, we can cook up anything. (laughs) Sounds good, man. I'll bring some garlic. Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Just out of nowhere. (laughs) Oh, that's like... I'm always jumping from movie to movie. That's a really tough one. Um, but lately, I've been really, really liking Klaus on Netflix. You guys ever seen Love that? Love Klaus. Such oh, a good movie. I'm gonna watch it. I honestly thought it was pronounced Claus, because you know Santa Claus. But in the movie, they say Klaus, so it is Klaus. I'm not crazy. Um, it's such a good movie. If you haven't watched it, it's very sweet. Uh, it's very you know heartwarming and stuff, and it's a very fun uh, story of growth and adventure. So you should watch it. Honestly. I'm not sponsored. I just love the movie. So just just watch it. I could not agree more. No one else say anything else. I'm going to come to a different person every single week as we approach Christmas time and ask for your favorite Christmas movies. Fun little way to end the pods. Why not me? Let's end this one off, though. If you guys enjoyed what you heard, please follow us, subscribe, give us five stars, all that stuff. Apple, Spotify, we would love any support that we can. If you want to find us on Twitter, you can at dream underscore team pod as well on Instagram at dream underscore team underscore pod. We have been banging out graphics if you want to be in up to date with our fantasy when i'm not ranting on this podcast you can check them out there spencer's doing some great graphics there and before most raptors games i try to put out a graphic so we're just trying to do some more stuff so show some love on all that stuff why not and if you want to follow me you can find me at jake underscore schultz six on twitter zolfi where can they find you you can find me at zolfi underscore shake z-u-l-f-i underscore s-h-e-i-k-h Twitter, Instagram, hit your boy up. But more than anything, leave us a review. That's all I want. Give us a new review. Spencer. Yeah, you know what? I'm not going to tell you where you can find me. You can go follow us on Twitter. And then in the bio, my Twitter is there. And then you can follow me after. Oh, look at that. That guy is so smart. Dan, why don't you tell the entire universe your brand new Twitter handle? So it's my name and my middle name. 
well, the first letter of my middle name without vowels. So D N L J R M S. So follow me on Twitter at D N L J R M S. That's my new handle. Also read my story for the Toronto star. I wrote my first ever Toronto Raptors related story. Uh, it's about the lawsuit from the Knicks on the Raptors. If you wanted to get some info to learn about it, I, you know, wrote a full rundown, spent hours reading the court documents. So that was hard work. So I'd appreciate people sharing that. So go and go and read that. It was pretty cool writing it. Absolutely. It'll also be retweeted on our Twitter too. So you can go and check it out there. Dan, can you use your Twitter handle in a sentence, please? Uh, follow at DNLJRMS <laughs> on Twitter. All right. Please. All right. You're, you're too big brain for me. That's going to wrap it up, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye.